11th April 2005, when my wife went into labor with our second child. I was finishing an essay, which was due in that night. Suddenly, I heard my wife call, Honey, it's time. I knew exactly what her words meant. The time had come for the baby's birth, but I felt I had to meet my needs as well. It was our second child, and I knew the process. So I decided to drop by Macquarie University to print out my essay and hand it in on our way to Royal North Shore Hospital. It wasn't a bad plan because I lived in Eastwood, five minutes from the university. So from Eastwood, Balaclava, Macquarie, and North Shore. Perfect. <laughs> but as you expect, this kind of story doesn't always go smoothly. I thought I could achieve my goal in 10 minutes, but after a paper jam while I was printing, it took almost 20 minutes. When I came back to our car, Hannah said, my waters have broken. The next scene was kind of movie. I drove to the hospital in a hurry. I didn't speak and called for help in the emergency car park. Hannah was carried in by wheelchair. Thankfully, Hannah made it in time for our second daughter, Elena, to be born in the hospital. She delivered her within 10 minutes of our arrival. <laughs> I know I was silly. The time had come, but I was distracted by my felt needs. The first recorded words of Jesus in Mark's gospel are the time has come. Those four short words carried an important message to people back then. Mark announced the arrival of the Messiah, Christ, the promised rescue of God's people and the Savior of the world. Even since Adam and Eve had rebelled against God, all of creation had waited for this moment, and now it had come. And in the same verse, Jesus details what he had come to do. He came announcing the kingdom of God, the rule of God of all things. Jesus actually came to turn our hearts towards God and to help people reconnect to God. That's what repentance means. He wants to transform our hearts so that we can move towards loving God with all of our being. Repentance is not one of where we say sorry to God occasionally. It's an internal change. It's a continuing internal change. But as we know from experience, human beings naturally look at everything only from outside. That's why people tend to turn their hearts to self-achievements, self-security, or self-expansion. And human beings are usually very good at hiding sins. Regardless of what is happening inside, if their appearance looks good, they tend to think there is no problem. But God knows 
what's inside in our hearts. What God wants is our whole hearts to be transformed. In other words, God works from the inside out. When we turn our hearts towards God, then we can see why the gospel is good news. As our rescuer, Jesus showed that in the kingdom of God, there is a life that sets us free from sin and death. Isn't that wonderful? As we sang at the beginning, How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. No power of sin and no victory of death. This is what the good news means. But people didn't understand exactly what Jesus meant until his cross and resurrection. They wondered about the meanings meaning of the teachings of Jesus, but were more interested in his miraculous ability to heal. That's what we can see from the rest of Mark chapter 1. Jesus preached good news and healed many people, so many people wanted to see Jesus that Jesus couldn't stay in Capernaum. When the people heard that Jesus had come back, come home, large numbers gathered to see him. Jesus continued to preach to them. In that scene, Mark brings us a clear example of what Jesus' number one priority was. This house, the packed house, this packed house in the small town of Capernaum, His hometown, probably, as we saw in the video, Peter's home. His house, Jesus arrives in the house, and people hear about the word. The crowd is overflowing out the doors of this house, and we meet some more characters, a group of men. Four of them are carrying this paralyzed man on a mat. They want to bring their friend to Jesus for healing. But the house where Jesus is teaching is so crowded that they cannot get in. We see them take a pretty major action to get the the guy to Jesus. They climbed to the top of the house, make an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lower the mat the man is lying on. Pretty dramatic, isn't it? Imagine you are in the house listening to Jesus and suddenly dirt starts falling on your head. The light breaks through. You look up to see the roof breaking apart. A bunch of men lower this broken body down in front of you. We don't know what the homeowner thought when he saw the gaping hole in this house. But we do know what Jesus thought of the friend's bold efforts. Jesus saw their faith, says Mark, verse 15. 
That's what Jesus does in this story. As this paralyzed man looks up at Jesus from the mat after his friends have gone to such extremes, Jesus surprises them all. Jesus sees the lengths these men have gone to and recognizes that they've come to the right place. He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. His sins are forgiven? What? The legs. The legs, Jesus. What about the presenting issue? The man's friends brought him to be healed. He was paralyzed and couldn't work. So why would Jesus begin by talking about forgiveness? His biggest need is to so visible, but Jesus says they are worried about the wrong thing. Jesus came to do something much more than healing broken bodies. We've seen where the story goes, but the friends haven't got the full picture of who Jesus is or what he came to do. And the part of the problem is they haven't been able to get close to Jesus. Did you notice? They are obstructed. They can't get close to Jesus because of the crowd. I wonder why the crowd don't make a way for them to meet Jesus. It seemed that Jesus was not too too busy to heal many people when they arrived. There is no mention that there are many people who came to Jesus for healing. Why didn't the crowd show their compassion to the paralyzed man and the friends who were obviously seeking healing for him? It was because his body was not whole. The crowd lived in a social convention that there was a connection between sickness and sin. For them, the sickness was some kind of result of sin so that normal social events were also closed to such a person. In other words, such a person very readily became socially isolated. Probably the paralyzed man was an outsider of the community. Sometimes in the Bible, An individual's sickness is a consequence of of that same individual's sin. But sometimes, it is expressly not related in this way. However, the fact that sickness and death exist in the world at all is a result of sin entering the world. That's what Jesus came for. He is not simply a physical doctor. He is a sin doctor as well. Jesus confirms that his ministry has a specific focus, sick sinners. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus, the sin doctor, doesn't ask the paralyzed man, whose sin? Your sin? Your parents? Or what did you do wrong? Instead, 
Jesus calls him son. He calls him my kid, literally. Jesus shows his compassion to the man who has been living as an outcast of sorts, who has been excluded from the society of others. In contrast to the crowd who excluded him, Jesus welcomes him and embraces him. Then he rescues him from his sins and sickness. Your sins are forgiven. And his broken body is also healed. No social conventions can stop people approaching God. There are two points we need to think of. Firstly, we need to notice that it is the faith of the paralytic friend's faith which causes Jesus to respond as he does to him. Their faith was evident when they brought their friend to Jesus. They are prepared to take dramatic action to get him in front of Jesus. Jesus saw their faith by their actions. We love people and do what we can to address their brokenness. Not just so that they see that their brokenness is a product of the broken world we live in, but so that they know where to find rescue, which is the forgiveness of sins. We need to be sure who to take them to. Secondly, we can see the collective character in faith. The faith of community can participate in an individual's forgiveness in some way. That's how we participate in the kingdom work. The friends do everything they can to help their paralyzed friend to meet Jesus. What about us? Are we doing what everything we can to help our friends to respond to Jesus? Like these friends? Are we helping people to meet Jesus leading them to see him, hear him, follow him. Or like the crowd, as we so focused on ourselves, as we live in a way which actually put barriers in the way of those seeking Jesus. Let's get back to what Jesus said to the man. Jesus said first, Son, your sins are forgiven. Those words caused a stir among the people in the house. They believed correctly that only God can forgive sins. The teachers of the law are absolutely spot on. So was Jesus claiming to be God? Jesus knew what everyone was thinking, and he taught some great lessons here. First, He taught that the greatest need in everyone's life is forgiveness. Second, Jesus showed that he had divine authority both to forgive sins and to heal. Which is easier, asked Jesus, to forgive or to heal? 
Then to show that he had the authority to forgive sins, he said to the layman, Get up, take your mat, and go home. The man got up and walked out of the house in full view of everyone. Let me point out one thing. When I say Jesus knew what the man really needed was to have his sins forgiven, it doesn't mean that Jesus ignored his felt needs. Jesus is the only sin doctor with the mercy and might sufficient for our many, many needs. Jesus meets every believer's needs. But he's not a magician, like uh, problems disappear with a puff of smoke. In reality, we are aware of the needs we feel we have, like uh, finance, health, or relationships. However, when we turn to Jesus, these needs that seem to have a hold on us will start to change. This is part of the transforming good news of the gospel. Issues which have been major to us will be put in new perspective. You will find over time that your views on wealth and prestige and what matters in this life will be changing. As you deal with health issues, you might start to gain comfort and hope that pain is temporary, but the life Jesus brings is eternal. And the stress of difficult or broken relationships may be eased as you focus on your true relationship with God. You will increasingly see sin for what it is and that Jesus has many solutions to offer for the struggles of life. Being in relationship with Jesus is a game changer. Jesus meets every believer's needs, the greatest of which is the forgiveness of sins. He's offering each of us real solutions and a genuine invitation to be part of God's kingdom through the forgiveness of our sins. And this forgiveness is possibly it's possible only through him, for he paid the price for our sins on the cross. He came to bring forgiveness of sins and to address our felt needs and our real needs. Jesus is the rescuer. Jesus' message to the packed house in Capernaum is the message we also need to hear. Forgiveness and spiritual salvation are the key things which Jesus says he has come to proclaim and administer to people. It's this call to repent, to turn our lives towards God, to turn our lives towards Jesus, to live for him, to be part of his kingdom. Remember, the time has come. Are you distracted by something else as I was in my story at the beginning? Listen to what Jesus says about himself when he's preaching and what he says he came to do. Follow him, turn to him, cling to him, 
we are called to turn to Jesus to be rescued. When we turn to him, it means not trying to save our own lives by ourselves. We can't even contribute anything to our salvation. In this sense, we are just like the paralyzed man. We are just looking to Jesus to save us. But without looking at him at the cross, we can't properly respond to Jesus. And we become like the people in the crowd who thought Jesus was simply a teacher worth listening to, an advisor who might possibly make your life better, a religious thinker who might help you see God a little more clearly. Because Jesus is God. He came to deal with our real issue, not just our felt needs. The time has come. How will you respond to Jesus the rescuer? No social convention need be an obstacle to approaching Jesus. No cultural or ethnic differences. No peer pressures. No sin issue in our personal lives. He is the sin doctor. The kingdom of God is a community of faith where the hearts of people are transforming. The motivation for our transformation is the grace of God in the saving work of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Turn your hearts towards God and believe the good news. As followers of Jesus, we are committed to presenting the good news, the gospel, clearly to people. We want people to meet Jesus because he came to transform the whole world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus and for the forgiveness of sins through him. Help us to believe fully that Jesus heals and forgives, that we may have joy and peace in you. In your precious name, amen.